4: Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and I'm here with my co-host, Patricia Kirkman. Miss PK, how are
5: you tonight? Hi, a little drip-dry with our heat wave here, but not bad at all, all things considered. Oh,
4: good. I'm hearing an echo, and I I hope it goes away so we don't drive everybody crazy with that. But anyways, we as you know, have a tremendous, tremendous guest tonight. We have Daryl Sims, the alien hunter, and he is joining us for the full hour and a half. So much to share. And you took a look at Daryl's numbers today, and you found some very interesting things. So should we start there?
6: Well,
5: if you'd like. I think one of the things to know is that he's in the sixth personal year, so anything to do with family, which is like family of friends, which we are for him, and uh, the family itself are very important for him this year. And also he has a 16-7 destiny. He is here to be a teacher and a student all of his life. So his research is anything that he could come across, just like he just brings it in and then puts it back out to the rest of us to know more about and how we work with it. And taking a look at his birth name, find out that he's a very sensitive soul. He does not have a big ego at all. I would have thought with all the things that this man has done, he should have an ego as big as all outdoors, and he doesn't. He's very low-key. It's very sensitive soul. But when he has something to say, he says it. You know, He doesn't take second place to it. He's not afraid of work, but he does really well with change. Change for him is just mind-boggling. But taking a look at his given name, the first name, uh, he's here for the world at large. That nine is for everybody else. But he always multitasks. He never does just one thing in his life, whether he wants to or not. He can't stop it. He's just on a way. Things are constantly moving for him. And the fact that he's in this sixth personal year right now says that he's trying to do things a little bit more where family's involved. But He's doing it in a way that's more palatable to everyone. It's hard for him to give up what he needs to do. So he's got to have a mate that's the perfect one for him that goes along with what he has to say and is his champion, and he does have that, that's for sure. But he is always looking for something creative and something that's that next best bit of information, and he'll find it. He's got that's more terrific. things to do. He's just getting started. Every 15 years, that's from birth to the age of 15, every 15 years from there on, he has something special that's going to pop up or pop around. So it's going to be interesting to watch him. I guess because of what he has, he does not have a big ego at all. And I would think with all of his accomplishments, he should be, you know, snapping those suspenders back and saying how great he is, but he doesn't. <laughs> what a man. Very, very
4: interesting
5: wow. for us to him tonight. And, yes, we're so thrilled to have him here.
4: I didn't realize it had been so long since Daryl had been on the show, but we are going to bring him on in just a few minutes. And this show is going to rock and roll. So, first, just wanted to mention, if anybody needs a numerology reading, go to PatriciaKirkman.com and make sure you sign up for a reading with PK. If you would like a soul realignment reading with me, you can go to our Supernatural Girls website. That's SupernaturalGirls.com with a Z. And send me an email. I'll be happy to schedule a session with you. These are remarkably powerful sessions of transformation. And we have candles. I'm telling you now, these aren't your average everyday candles. These are magical, powerful candles that were developed and designed and created by Katrina Raspold, our very own Bruja from California, and me. So go ahead and take a look at them. People are just loving them. They're having great results with these candles. There's one for clearing the soul. There is one for love. There's one for wealth. And we're coming up with a new one for chakras and kundalini. So keep an eye out for that. That's coming up next. Now, there's so much in the news, TK. You've been predicting this, this whole UFO disclosure thing. is gonna, It's going to happen. You keep telling us we're going to see more and more and more. And you're right, because we are seeing more and more and more. Now, just recently, in fact, it was Daryl who sent me this lead, On something from this Wilson experience. We're going to talk about that because I want to hear more, and I know you do too, about that one from Daryl, and we'll see if there's any further information. But it seems destined to happen, it's going to be coming out, but we want to hear what Daryl has to say about it. So let me tell the audience a little bit about Daryl Sims. For more than 40 years, Daryl had his first encounter, more than 40 years ago, excuse me, Daryl had his first encounter with an alien presence. And at the age of 17, he experienced a malignant contact with these alien beings that would alter his life forever. Now, as a result of this violent encounter, and it was violent, Daryl made the decision that he would no longer willingly be victim to the bizarre quests of ancient and, or alien, excuse me, entities. He was determined to change his role in life from being the hunted to the hunter. When these same beings later came for his five-year-old son, Darrell put his hunt into high gear. Now, a little bit more about Darrell: He has served in military intelligence. He's worked with the CIA. After this, his service, he worked as a police officer and as a licensed private investigator, so, not surprisingly, Daryl approaches an alien abduction as if it were a crime scene. Every element, from the victim's demeanor to forensic traces in the environment, is a vital clue in solving the alien mystery. And we've got Daryl with us here tonight. Daryl Sims, welcome to the show.
1: Well, it's I'm delighted to be back here again, and uh, I can hardly wait to to come back, even after tonight.
4: All right, oh, it's a deal. <laughs>
1: It's a date. <laughs> I wanted to say something about Patricia's uh, analogy on my uh, my name. Uh, she Start may not here. know this, but the name Daryl. I asked my mother one time, "Why did you name me Daryl Wayne? Because when you get mad, you always say Daryl Wayne, and we mm-hmm. no, always have the, the, that second name always goes in there. Like yeah. <laughs> she said, well, I said Daryl means beloved, and Wayne means wagon maker." Why am I beloved oh. wagon maker? I don't get it. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just don't get it. I didn't, never got that part. The last part <laughs> I kind of got, the uh, Sims family was, uh, were Scott Irish and uh, Cherokee. But yeah. the uh, the other stuff, I don't, uh, I, I don't, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that one. Yeah. You're also quite, right about the white, too, because uh, I've been married 49 years, and um uh, people at the Contact in the Desert asked me a question, said, how could you stay married that long? I mean, most people got 49 <laughs> wives, you know, in 49 years and <laughs> not anymore. And uh, I'm just making it up. And I said, well, actually, she's deaf, dumb, and blind. So uh, I went all the arguments.
4: Oh, gosh. Well, we know she's not any of that. And besides, she is beautiful. So you are mm-hmm. very blessed to have such a lovely, beautiful wife. That is for sure. That's true. And, yes. So, <clears throat> Daryl, let's back up a little bit, because I did announce a little bit about your background, about how this all started. <clears throat> but if you could, fill in, the, fill in the details about this violent encounter that happened at 17, because that changed everything for you. What happened?
1: Okay. Um, well, uh, uh, first of all, my event started in 1952 when I was uh, four years old. And I was wide awake during the event. And <clears throat> long story short, um, I was not uh, paralyzed, afraid, or anything like that. Because back in 1952, nobody even knew what an alien was. I mean, there was nothing on TV or anything like that that I right. knew of. And uh, <clears throat> anyway, my events went on for about, uh, 10 events for about 13 years. And at age 17, they ended violently in uh, – uh, in an encounter when i was uh, 17 um and uh, and i kind of want to kind of underscore this a little bit i've never discussed this uh with anyone on shows or anything i will tell a little bit but uh, not much because there there are reasons that is in all police work the reason you keep certain information back uh, for instance like in a in a murder case you 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 might leave certain details out because there'll be people, people that will call in and confess to the crime. The only problem is they say, okay, how many times you shoot the guy? And said, I shot him four times in the back. Okay, well, he stabbed to death, so you're making it up. So they keep right. little things like that out that you, you, so you can't guess. And uh, and I've done the same thing in this particular case. Uh, um the last event, the reason it was more significant than all the others is because uh, five entities showed up in my last event that don't show up in any UFO literature. Hmm. Wow. They, um, they were not there to socialize or anything else. And people always asked, you know, well, what, what were they like? And I said, well, I've, I've never described them, and I won't. And, uh, of course, then I've got people all the time tell me, oh, yeah, me too. And uh, I said, well, great, describe them. And they always started off with – they had beautiful long hair and long flowing robes. And I said, wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. You're making stuff up. So uh, the point is that the uh, the five entities that were there, um, The the best way to describe them probably to – the populace at large that is that is in the UFO community that does – and I and as, as assume the, a, a, a great deal of your people are very well-informed well-read. Uh, the best way to describe something like this to them is this is not UFO – these are not the aliens. Uh, the best way to think of these guys or if there was – if the alien had an SS – it would be like that.
3: Oh, so
4: no, no wonder and this it was is
1: stuff the violence. The UFO community huh. doesn't know anything about this. They're they're so busy focused on quote unquote the alien. And I've done this for over fifty years, so I I, I kind of have a uh, I, I do have a bias and a slant toward uh, the phenomena. But I hope that it is not based on quote unquote my personal feelings and is is based on actual sound investigations for these 40 years Uh, that's what i hope anyway
4: i have no doubt that you have that
5: any other way you're so detailed about everything i can't see it be any imagination coming forth here in any way
1: well my uh, girlfriend uh, i the night that that happened I, I, of course, questioned myself, and you have to in any of these events, yeah. as to how real the event was. And uh, when I opened my eyes in the morning, uh, the the door had been kicked open, and we had the old-style uh, – uh, we had army barracks is what it was when we remodeled it into a home. Uh, we're pretty poor in uh El Salvador, New Mexico. And uh, so my dad and I helped remodel that and so on. Uh the point being that uh my parents slept right next to me next room, and they never heard a thing and that door, the old style square lock that was on the door, the old military locks on the door had been the door had been kicked so hard it broke the lock off, and part of it was f- fell on the floor
7: oh wow. Uh, wow now, how in the
1: world how no one everyone in the house should have woke up I mean my sister, brother, everybody should have woke up. But no one did, and I did. I as soon as that door banged open, I I, I knew he, I I was horrified by what what was there. I'd never seen anything like it, nor have since. The point is, Carol, that, um Yes.
4: Yeah. Let me ask you a question because you know there is some talk and some some information coming out about the Nazi involvement with extraterrestrials in Antarctica. And it's, I've always wondered about Project Paperclip and, and all of the Nazis that we brought over here as scientists and where they ended up and what they were actually doing. It wouldn't surprise me that they were involved with an extraterrestrial group or groups and perhaps have been involved in creating something that is more violent and more aggressive like this. What do you think about that? Could that be happening?
1: Well, uh, there's no question that uh, anyone who's read into the literature, especially the life history of the people that were taken in Project Paperclip, is a good example. Mm-hmm. Uh, these were scientists where we absconded and brought them basically to the United States. Well, it's real simple. You want to you go to Nuremberg and face trial, or you want to work for us mm-hmm. and be an American citizen? Well, the answer is, that, right. yes, sir, where are I sign? And they did. <laughs> and that's exactly yeah. how it went on. These were, no question, Nazis, every one of them. Uh, some mm-hmm. of them less Nazi than others. Some of them were more scientists than Nazi. And I'm not, I'm, I am not. I have no friendship with Nazism in any sense of the word. Uh, but by and large, if you're anybody in the German regime during that time and you didn't join the Nazi party, you're probably going to be on the way to the camps pretty soon.
7: Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they right. just,
1: they didn't, it, it, it's unfortunate. It, and of course, we can always sit back and say, well, you know, you know, that's, you know, they should have just quit, you know, on the spot. You, you don't do that. You face firing squad with your kids, and that that's and, the way it is. Unless you're smart like Einstein and others, Lisa Mentor and others, and got out early. Uh, that would have been wiser. But, but anyway, the, the point you bring up is these scientists, many of them, Oppenheimer and others, when they came here, If you look at their personal writings, their personal notes that they wrote before they even got here, uh, Oppenheimer believed – his his point wasn't making V-2 rockets for the Nazis. They made him do that because they wanted to take over the world. Mm
7: -hmm. His
1: purpose making a V-2 rocket was to go to the moon. That was his purpose.
4: He intended to go mm -hmm. to outer
1: space. That was his idea. He – He believed very clearly in that, and several Nazi people did. And, of course, later, uh, uh, in my opinion, and this is strictly an opinion, it's not based on any fact, it's just opinion based on reading and things that I've done. I suspect that the Nazis were contacted by the alien, specifically the Nordic-type alien. There are seven primary flavors of alien that your audience should know. The little gray guy, and he's got an IQ of about, Eighty, which is a moron, and then there's a. No, that's very true. That's why they can't get your clothes on right. They make huge mistakes.
7: They make huge mistakes with
1: people. It
2: makes yes. Sense now.
1: Then there's a the doctor type that looks just like him, but he's taller. He's got an IQ about 140. He's really smart. Then you got a praying mantis type being is really intelligent, and you've got um, a reptile being. You've got a. Uh, A Bigfoot being, and you've got a um, uh, – the the last major one is, of course, the Nordic guy. The Nordic guy, all of these, in my opinion, are not aliens from another planet. It's just – again, this is after 50 years of work. These are beings that have been made, hatched, cloned, or manufactured for the purpose of interaction with mankind. Somebody else made them, in other words, and sent them here to – make us buy into the idea that they are aliens from other planets. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure out if uh, an alien looks like a bug, that's kind of weird. If the bigger one, smarter one looks like a bug, that's weird too. If one of them looks like a reptile, where do you get reptile DNA? Probably not on Jupiter. Where do you get Nordic DNA? Probably from Norway or someplace like that. Uh, Probably not Neptune Where would you get Bigfoot DNA? I mean, they did a DNA analysis on him this last year. You know what they found? He's simian, an ape creature. No question about that. But the other part of his DNA is modern human woman. Modern human woman.
4: Yes, a very strange thing, isn't
1: it? So what I'm I'm suggesting to to everybody is that these beings may be made, hatched, cloned, or manufactured for interaction with us to convince us, in fact, that they are aliens from another world.
4: Okay. So you think there are aliens from another world mixed all into this bunch?
1: There, there, there may be, according to <clears throat> Vedic literature, and I, I just got back from India not too long ago, did an implant surgery there. Uh, but the, according to Vedic literature, there are 200,000 races of aliens or people or beings or something out there in outer space. I don't know. I haven't met everybody out there. I have <laughs> met some of the seven varieties already, and I'm not convinced they're aliens at all. Uh, there's hmm. too many too many flaws with their story, too many flaws. And I used to be in the intelligence business, and uh, you start looking for, and as a cop, I use seven hats to analyze anything. And these hats don't always agree with each other, medical hat, scientific hat, Native American hat, uh, the cop hat, uh, profiler hat, and medical science hat, and so on, always look at every issue from a different set of eyes. So I have got 14 set of eyes looking at one question, so to speak. And uh, those eyes uh, are are pretty much agreeing that there's something seriously wrong with the picture of the so-called alien that we have. There's uh, no question that the craft they fly and all the things they do are remarkable I don't, I'm i not knocking any of that It's all true It's all real Verifiable No question about it Our military's looked into it But I'm telling you This phenomenon is far different Than what we imagine. Uh, if you get One of our hats that I, ha- that I have too But we have to be careful of And I ask that your audience uh, Take this one off tonight For this meeting And that's the UFO hat The UFO hat's been fooled before it's a lot of fun to wear. We love the subject, but it gets fooled pretty easily. What I would love for your audience to do is just put on their cop hat for just a little while. And Sounds see like what fun. that feels like.
7: We can it do it that. it'll
1: give you a different point of view. Different point of view. And it's critical. Now, very critical of things.
4: So. Darrell, let me ask you a question. You know Travis Walton, right?
1: I do. I know most everybody in the UFO community.
4: Yeah, and and we we know him only because he was interviewed on the show here. And now his story sounds very much like these beings were from another world. What's your take on that? Again, I'm not the ex- well. You are, um,
1: I I always I always uh, when it comes to people's stories, I I never um, uh, interfere with their their narrative because that's their viewpoint and that's okay. From my viewpoint, uh, the alien has, uh, and when we get into the military part of this in a moment, you'll see what I'm talking about. It'll make a lot more sense. The alien is uh, extremely adept at making people believe virtually anything.
4: Wow! They, so, we, so we've, got any... we've got abductees.
1: We've got abductees who literally think they saw dead relatives. And mm-hmm. there were other abductees present in at the event, and it was an alien standing there mimicking a dead relative. God. But the abductee swears that they met their brother on board a spacecraft, and my brother is alive on the board a spacecraft. I don't care what anybody says. Although there were seven other yeah. witnesses that were standing there laughing about it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
4: Yeah, well, there's no question based on your investigation and certainly what we've heard on the show from so many people, they have an incredible ability to manipulate our minds. Very true. So it is difficult.
1: My take to take is that take it uh, apart. my my take is that, um, well, a good example with, with the UFO phenomena in if you have two people. And I'll tell you, I'll give you a, a true-life case. Uh, Calvin uh, Parker and uh, and his uh, his buddy, who was a police officer as well, uh, were taken at the same time on board a craft, uh, Calvin Parker and uh, Charlie Hickson. One of them came off that craft thinking, I'll see the face of God. In other words, completely, completely uh, a total believer of the alien phenomena. The other one came off cut injured and came off the craft an abductee how does that happen it's called programming if you don't accept the programming you become an abductee if you do accept the programming in other words you think they're here to our better good highest good or whatever whopper they've told us uh, <laughs> then you automatically you, you're a, you're a card carrying member of the alien phenomena
7: mm-hmm. you, uh,
1: you don't get a you don't get a choice. You're, you're in one of the two camps. My view is that uh, we should recognize these are programs and that they that, that based on that, if a lot of things are going to happen. You can pretty much predict what <laughs> the conduct and the, and the contact method, methodology of the abductee and the contactee but simply because of their programming. We've got it down to such a science, so to speak, that I've constructed some uh, alien hands from uh, print from pringle prints and hand prints that we've got uh, from actual cases. And um, I constructed some alien hands out of silicon. And, uh, th- and then I put place silicon uh, uh, fluorescence, invisible fluorescence, on each of these different hands. And then I show a uh, black light, and those hands light up. With the fluorescence on them, the fluorescence is like a sweat uh, that the alien leaves on you after they touch you. And when I illustrate this with the hands, I can pretty much tell based on the shape of the hands that touched you, and the fact you were a contactee or an abductee, and the type of hands that are touching you, and the types of marks that end up on you, and the type of fluorescence ends up on you, gives me a good deal of information about what what's going on in your program.
4: Wow, that is tremendous. Quite an insight that you've discovered there. Now, the hands, they are different, you're saying. Different in shape yes, and size?
7: Wow.
1: Yes, they, they are different in hand, shape. Some are very human-like. Long white fingers, they're just long. And uh, some of them are, uh, it's just, your audience may not like some of this, many of the hands are uh, have claws. And uh, mm-hmm. and uh, some of them have two or three fingers. Or no, some of them don't have opposing thumbs. And people always tell me, well, these aliens are making great spaceships and stuff, so they're extremely smart. I have to listen to me. I live in a house. I assure you, I, I can flip that switch, and I have never invented electricity. <laughs> I can turn my TV on. I have never invented a TV. If, you I a, if I brought a, a – a, 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 if we un- thought out a caveman, and I brought him into my house, the very first thing he'd do, and i turn flip the light on he'd say, oh, sun. He'd point at the light. How did you get the sun in here? And whenever – you want to have a lot of fun with this guy? and I, I can convince him I'm an alien. All I got to do is turn on my TV and uh, plug in the VCR or DVD of 1 million B.C., He'll think it's a time machine because he'll be seeing dinosaurs and all kinds of stuff.
4: That's right. Well, this is make a very
1: valid point. It's not that he's stupid. It's he doesn't know. He's not informed. That's all.
7: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Now, you bring up the military. No, we – well, you know, it's been difficult because there's been so much obfuscation. There has been so much disinformation and the people that have come forward and really feel they've been abducted and they have really reasonable stories to share have been abused made fun of or harassed by the government so it's it's a very muddy very muddy waters here how is anybody supposed to figure it out and i give you credit because you've been able to point to some serious evidence to be able to make some determinations
1: well, it uh, when after my event at, at age seventeen, that final last big event, uh, I went and told my girlfriend about it. She looked at me like a calf looking at a new gate.
7: <laughs>
1: a calf just stands there and looks at the gate with his head moving different shapes in places, and she said, "You've had this terrible, terrible dream." I wouldn't be consoled. She took me to my friend, who is a, believe it or not, a UFO partner. We studied UFOs together. We didn't know anything about aliens, none of that, and I certainly didn't tell him anything about my abduction events. <clears throat> but that night, she went, drove me over to his home. He's a psychologist and, a, and a, a school teacher, and I told him about my event in detail. He looked at me like a calf looking a new gate, and said, "You had this terrible, terrible dream." At that point, I said, uh, "Well, whatever," and uh, I dropped him as a friend, and I didn't marry her. Hmm. So when when abductees tell you the truth about something, they mean it. And for me to, my mother is eighty nine years old, and she just found out this year after watching Ancient Aliens. Should they? I knew you were an investigator, but. They said you're one of these abductees. Well, that's just not true. I said, uh, <laughs> actually, it is. Wow. Well, why didn't you never okay, tell us? Mom. That's because uh, that Boo Radley look on your face. I don't. I didn't want to yeah. see that at age four.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Oh my goodness. Now, Daryl, you mentioned the military a few minutes ago. Should we go into that subject now?
1: If you like.
4: Yes, please.
1: It's deep water, and I hope you've got your scuba equipment. We do.
4: We've got our oxygen tank. We're ready for the deep dive.
1: That's good. Basically, uh, I think the way to introduce this is the the government has known about the UFO phenomena for at least – to say they learned about it in 1947 is not completely true. They knew about it in the 30s. Mm-hmm. But they they got their big wake up call in 1947 when the Roswell ship crashed. And uh, and and I, I want to throw out something here. Uh, I want first of all to say say the something I shouldn't have to say, but the fact is the government doesn't know anything. The government is so big it doesn't have a clue. One hand doesn't know what the other is doing. So when we say the government is in on it. That's not a true statement What we have to say is that certain, ad- certain Areas of the intelligence community Are aware And involved And most of the government doesn't have a clue And that is a fact If you drive up to the front gate of Langley uh, Base For the central intelligence agency And say hey I want you to tell me all about the aliens They'll tell you to turn your car around And leave the area immediately Because they think you're nuts
7: because they don't have
1: a clue what you're talking about, they don't. They don't. They don't have any idea, any more than you do. So, the the ones who do know, who are aware of this, it's this is very deeply ingrained in, in, and even in limited areas of the intelligence community. The Office of Naval Investigations, the Defense Intelligence Agency, Central Intelligence Agency, and so on. They are, they are aware of that, but most of the people in the CIA are not. They're analysts, and they do all kinds of things for the, for, for the company. Most of them are not in the UFO phenomena. Those who are, who do understand this stuff and so on, are very secretive, and they go to great lengths to make sure that no one ever gets to inquire. And I'll go into that in a few moments. But bot- the bottom line is that uh, the government, generally speaking, doesn't have a clue. They really don't. When President Clinton said, uh, when they asked him about uh, air- a spaceship in Area 51, he said, uh, I have no idea. He he told half the truth. He does know some things, but not much. The real stuff about Area 51, he does not know. And I And I have got news for you. He's not entitled to know and nor will he be informed and the same thing is true of president trump presidents are not told this information the the first president to ever even begin to question it was a guy named truman and he started to find out information about area 51 before they knew before it was called area 51 and when he started finding out some pretty weird stuff going on out there uh needless to say, he called uh, all the big people and said, hey, I want to know all about this. And they told him that's none of your business, sir, and uh, just keep your nose out of it. And he did something I thought was appropriate. He said, uh, in the most unkind terms, you'll either tell me or I'll send the troops out to come down there and take it over and find out myself.
3: Oh, At good that for point, him. he
1: got a briefing. He got a briefing. Well, the point is most presidents – the presidents since then have uh, – since since that president's out, no other president's been briefed. They haven't, and they won't be. That's how secretive this stuff is. In fact, it is so secretive, it's the, the – Look, I have a top-secret clearance. And in some of these meetings for this type of intelligentsia, for the alien mm-hmm. and the alien phenomena, I'm not qualified to be the janitor,
7: mm-hmm. and that's oh just the truth God. of it. These are
1: these wow. are special access programs that the United States government, uh, and, I, and you can you can take this to the bank, funds these special access programs that they themselves, Congress, does not have the the authority, nor do they have the ability to find out where the money is even being spent or on what.
4: So that's pretty deep and dark. I don't think it comes it's, much it's deeper or darker than that. It's very yeah. ugly.
1: It's very ugly. The now, problem I'm, with I'm, the, the whole – the problem is at some point we're going uh, to – something I think eventually will change. But uh, at this point, uh, it's going to stay the way it is. And this the communique uh, – uh, 14-page letter was leaked uh, a few days ago out to the public, and this letter is uh, underscores everything I'm saying, and um, it's very uh, very upsetting to a number of people, <clears throat> and the reason is because uh, the admiral who went in and to check on all this stuff, like, UFOs and the alien and the whole nine yards. When he started inquiring, uh, he found out that a lot of the military in the Pentagon didn't even know. And what was worse than that, he found out exactly who did know. And to his shock and amazement, now this is a uh, an, an admiral with uh, two or three stars. Oh, wow. He he found out. That the the one one special access program one dealt with back engineering UFOs, and he wanted to know he called contact them said I want to know all about this, and they said it's none of your business, take a hike. He said I am on the staff, uh, the, the chief of staff, and I'm, I'm a deputy director of Defense Intelligence Agency. That's big.
7: They told him to take a hike. Take a hike.
1: Well, I'll just, I'll just, I'll report this. They said, report it to anybody you want to. But before you do that, you might want to consider the fact that you're probably looking at early retirement. And you may lose a star or two in the process. He goes to his boss up above him. And told him about what that conversation, and his boss looks at him and says, I don't want to hear any more about this. I want you to drop the whole thing right now, and that's an order. That's it.
4: So who are you well, going to that, tell? That's right. And if, if someone like that doesn't have access to the truth of what's going on, then how about us uh, lay people out here? I mean, we're left with scraps and trying to piece things together with like a jigsaw puzzle, right?
1: The closest Basically, thing you're going to get is a is a piece of – is a 14-page letter that got leaked. That's all you're going to get. You're not going to get another thing. The president himself doesn't know this. Now, the thing I do like – I did like about uh, – to to go back a little bit. Some of your people probably don't know. I'm sure they don't know this, but uh, at one time – uh, back in the, let me. I'm looking for a date here. God, I kind of like to keep my dates reasonably close to this stuff. Um, uh, I did have a politician contact uh, me, uh, and here's is the approximate date time is uh, 1996. I got a. I was out in California with two of my doctors uh, for, doing our implant work, and a lady approached us. They asked me to come over and meet this lady. They came from Washington, and I said, uh, okay, what, who who's from Washington contacting me? They said, well, she wants to talk to you. And I said, okay. <clears throat> so I went over, and she introduced herself, and uh, she just identified herself as Hillary Clinton's best friend, and she giggled when she said best friend.
7: Huh. And
1: I said, okay, okay. Uh, what do I owe the honor of this visit? She said, well, uh, the Clintons are very impressed with your implant research and, uh, would, uh, like to look at your videos if you don't mind. Uh, so I gave her two videos, one on best evidence, and one on the alien implant surgeries we did. And she took them, uh, and then she came back a few weeks later and, uh, said, uh, they were very happy with uh, said so your work is astounding. and Because you have to understand, you say, well, the president knows there No, they don't. No, they don't. That's where everybody is completely wrong about this issue, and I'll explain that in a moment. But the Clintons are learning – they're learning about implants and things like that from, from those videos. They didn't have a clue. They don't know what's going on. So – um, the lady came back a few weeks later and and uh, and I've she's a very pretty lady dark hair and I I think I I think I've identified her uh as uh uh Uma Aberdeen I think oh that was my her Oh friend.
6: that's what I think I thought.
1: it was her I'm, I'm reasonably sure it was her very pretty lady very very smart very elegant and all that and uh the second time she came back she says um everybody's very impressed, blah, 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 blah. And uh, we'd like to know if you'd like some money for your research. And I said, uh, young lady, uh, I didn't vote for your guy. And I don't want any money for research. So we can fund it through the national, the national science foundation, blah, 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 et cetera. I said, When money comes down the pike like that, if there's ever an investigation and we ever find out that there's anything wrong, it's the little people who go to prison. Mm -hmm. The big people get away. I'm a little guy. You're big people. I don't get to play where you're at. So I'm not interested, no.
7: Good for you, The two doctors were horrified.
1: Because they wanted, they were offered several million dollars here, and these doctors were mortified. They're like, "This is our chance to be big, famous people." I said, "You may be infamous before it's over."
4: No, <laughs> yes. not infamous. Yes, and look at where where we are today. Wow, Daryl. good for you. You did the right
1: thing. Rats, I'm still broke
4: that's true you are not in jail hey look we're going to take a very very short commercial break and we're going to come back and continue this very exciting conversation with our guest tonight Daryl Sims the alien hunter so don't go anywhere you are listening to Supernatural Girls Radio and we will be
2: right back Pure Essential Oils specialized minerals and a revolutionary anti-aging technology. Astridian combines the best of all scientifically proven ingredients in easy to use creams, lotions and concentrated serums. Astridian's advanced line of products take your skin to a new level of being healthy and beautiful. We offer a variety of collections that address all your skin concerns. The Essential Anti-Aging Series treats and moisturizes your skin for a long-lasting, younger look. The Multivitamin Series promotes healthy skin with high-quality vitamins and minerals. The Sports Series restores skin from cellular damage and stress. Astridian also offers a revitalizing solution for hair and a professional series for doctors and medical spas. Visit astridian.love today and to begin your new journey to healthy, beautiful, youthful skin. Astridian, beyond your expectations.
0: Are you ready for a new experience of freedom and powerful connection? Would you like a positive, effortless change in your life? then come to CosmicFusion.com, where we offer the most advanced energy clearing and expansion techniques in the world with a quantum vortex energy to activate your divine blueprint and life's purpose. When your soul leads the way with cosmic fusion and quantum vortex energy, you can break clear of past difficulties and blocks with the power of the source. With Cosmic Fusion, the source energy does the work for you. It's easy and effortless. Listen to our free meditation right from our Cosmic Fusion website, the Cosmic Code Meditation. Sign up for one of our interactive webinars today. Come to Cosmic Fusion, www.kosmicfusion.com to experience an effortless awakening and transformation. Are you ready for an upgrade? Are you ready for a new experience of living in the fifth dimensional magic and powerful connection? Then visit CosmicFusion.com today. CosmicFusion.com.
3: Your property tax bill. Have you seen it lately? It's frightening. Your property taxes are going up while your home value is going down. It's time to fight back and win. For the real truth about the property tax system, get Attorney Pat Quintilian's book, Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it? Attorney Quintilian answers all your questions and gives you the facts you need to fight a property tax bill that is spiraling out of control. You'll also read about what happens to property owners who don't check their property records only to find out too late they're taxed on square footage, fixtures, and even buildings that they don't own. Is this happening to you? Learn your rights buy attorney pat quintillion's book today are you getting screwed on your property taxes how to find out and how to fix it available on amazon.com welcome back everyone to supernatural girls radio
4: i'm your host patricia baker i'm here with my co-host pk and our amazing guest tonight who we love so much we're so glad to have him back daryl sims the alien hunter Oh, my gosh, Daryl. You know, we're just barely scratching the surface with you tonight. There, You have so much to tell us and tell our audience about this entire topic. What about interdimensionals? Where do they fit in with all of this?
1: Uh, that's that's a, a very good point. Um, interdimensional entities uh, I can't speak a great deal about because, I, again, I haven't met everybody. Um, but the uh, – there are, there are basically only two views of who the alien is or, or who they're connected to, and one of them comes from Sitchin's works uh, from the books that uh, that Mr. Sitchin wrote years ago, and the other one is a uh, – well, they're, they're almost side-by-side, side, but they're just different – just a different flavor. <clears throat> and, and to kind of put this in context – uh, when I say the alien, the once we call aliens that we're seeing these in these events uh, are not necessarily the alien per se, uh, and I, I did say that somebody made, hatched, cloned, or made or manufactured them. I say that for two reasons. Number one is because when I was four years old, I noticed the entity when he came in the room, when he turned around and looked at me,
7: <clears throat>
1: he didn't have any clothing on, and I could see him pretty clearly because there was a little bit of light in the room and i'd noticed that he didn't have a, as four-year-old children would say he didn't have a tt he didn't have a belly button well if you don't have genitalia you don't procreate if you don't have a belly button you weren't born you didn't get here the way we did you were hatched, mm-hmm. cloned made or manufactured that makes sense. So that brings us a big question: Who did that? And that yeah, and that who? brings me that brings me <laughs> to the the Why interdimensional no? issue. Uh, the, there is a, a narrative by a uh, Sitchin where uh, I, when he was still alive, I, I was reading one of his books, and I've noticed that he either couldn't, which didn't make any sense to me because he's a uh, he's a Sumerian scholar, and Hebrew scholar. So, therefore, he should be able to translate Hebrew correctly, and I noticed he made it, he used a statement, he said that they, the gods who came down from the heavens, uh, that's not what it says in Hebrew. It didn't say that at all, and I kept wondering why is he, either he's not informed, which is obviously not true, or he's not telling the truth. And if so, why is that – why is he doing that? Is it to sell books or what? So I contacted a friend of mine who is a, a, a real Sumerian scholar, an Ugaritic and, and ancient Hebrew scholar as well. And I said, why don't you and Sitchin go on Art bell? I'll arrange it if uh, you two will do that, and we'll get a proctor who will be the judge of who's correct and who's right and who's wrong – and he both will agree to the proctor, and uh, we'll straighten this mess out. He said, certainly. And I called Sitchin's people, and they hit the fan and said, he'll never go on TV radio or anywhere and ever defend his position. And I said, well, it, it, whenever you don't testify, <laughs> in most cases, yeah. if you're lying, you're not telling <laughs> the truth. So I, I understand huh. saying that my thoughts were c- confirmed. So I knew that he was not telling the truth about that statement in Hebrew. What it means in Hebrew is is real simple, and, it, and I think it means the same thing in other languages too. But in the, in the Hebrew language, it, it says basically they got kicked out. They were thrown out of heaven. Fallen angels. Then the the question, they were fallen, fallen angelics. And now think of it in terms of human terms. If you were a big shot, and you got kicked out of the most lavish place you could imagine, kicked out, and you found that there was a certain place in the universe that the guy who owned the the big place that you were at, his favorite place, might you want to come down and uh, wreak havoc and you know, cause a few problems? Well, they did. Sure. Yeah. And that that's the reason for the giants that showed up in the sixth chapter of Genesis and so on, and the, the causal flood of, of Noah and so on and so on and so on. My point simply is they are the ones – not they, all of them – a certain element of them because you got to understand there's a lot of them, and they – made hatch clone manufactured the so-called alien presence as we know of them. Now to, let me qualify this for your audience. Does that mean there are no other aliens anywhere in the universe? I didn't say that. I don't know. I haven't been there. I certainly hope so. And if they are, I think they're going to be a lot nicer than some of the folks that treated me and my son very poorly and some other people as well. Uh, the problem with the alien isn't isn't that they're it's not a good or evil issue with the alien; they're just doing their job. The same Nordic that treats some of our abductees so wonderfully tortured other of our abductees. they're just Ooh. doing their job. they just do what they're told they'll mutilate your cattle they'll mutilate you if they have to. It doesn't matter. they're only doing what they've been told to do by who? by whoever's above them in the fallen angelic realm. Hmm.
4: This is fascinating, Daryl. You're really opening our eyes up to many other possibilities here. And it's a, it is challenging. You know, it's it's definitely not a black or white issue.
1: It really isn't. It it's 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 very it's it's very complex. I would uh, like to make it as simple and easy as it can be, but that's like saying you know, describe what's going on in the government with uh, with the alien phenomena. <clears throat> Most of the military doesn't know about it. And what's what's amazing, and I want to I want to comment about both presidents in this in this regard. I want to congratulate uh, uh, the Clintons for reaching out to me, uh, and because I think, it, I honestly, think it's out of ignorance because. They don't know. They they would like to know more about it. And you're not gonna find it out by going down the chain of command. It it's not gonna happen. You're you're gonna get answers uh like this uh like this admiral did. Uh, you want to lose your rank and you want early retirement,
7: knock yeah, right. it off.
1: Right. And these were not military people telling him this. This was a private corporation. They told huh. him
7: that.
1: I mean I, I like to fell over. Um Anyway, the Clintons were reaching out, trying to do the right thing. John Podesta uh, had Hillary Clinton won. Uh, John Podesta was going to open up the alien phenomena. Well, I have news for you. John Podesta is not going to open up anything. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I applaud, I applaud his his interest. I do. God bless him and all that. Uh, President Trump has done something rather amazing. He's he's sent word down the chain of command that he wants military reports open to the public. Hence, you're seeing these things on TV, uh, these Navy pilots coming forward and telling this incredible stuff and so on. That's great. The the president also, to his credit, uh, ordered the CIA to release uh, documents on the UFO phenomena. Well, now, I used to be in the CIA. Lying is what we did for a living. The CIA said we're not investigating any UFOs. We don't know anything about any of that. We don't care. The president ordered them to release the unclassified documents. You know how many they released? How many? Two million. Two million. Thought you weren't doing anything. (laughs) So thank you, President Trump, for at least doing that. But it's kind of like – it's kind of like trickle down. I mean, it's, it's going downward a little bit, but I assure you it'll stop it. it, The military report who, whatever they want, uh, you know, there are a few little cases and so on. But uh, the problem is this, this thing is it's huge and it stops. And uh, if you get in the Pentagon at any level with this, I guarantee you that that train wreck will stop immediately.
4: No kidding. Well, it does seem, though, Daryl, that – I mean, PK, you and I have talked about this a lot. They seem to be releasing more things through the mainstream media than ever before. Why are they doing that?
7: (laughs) Okay. Put
1: your – take your cop hat off and put your intelligentsia hat on. Would you put your CIA hat on for a second? Okay. If you want to keep everybody in the dark, how do you do that? Well, you make up another story.
7: Mm -hmm.
5: (laughs) they're tricking us
4: again and the story
1: this story is going to be a really good one leak some documents and throw things out there for people as meat I assure you the documents that the CIA turned over the 2 million documents they're available you can look online and see them right now there's nothing in there the stuff about this. uh, the secret access programs—it's none of that's in there, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Okay, how long do you think it's going to take you to read through two million documents? Yes, in exactly. Thank yeah. you. Case problem now, solved.
4: What about okay? So, so you don't see this being leading up to any type of real disclosure?
1: No. The, the only disclosure that's going to happen – okay, let, let, me, let, me, let me put this in context for your audience and yourselves. And, uh, and again, this, it, ignorance it means I simply don't know. That's all it means, ignorance of the law. Officer, I didn't know that the speed limit was, was 55 there, and I thought it was 70. You know, you, it, it doesn't matter. You still, they'll still give you a ticket. But it, ignorance simply means I didn't know. In this case, uh, most of us are ignorant. Let's go back to Roswell, 1947. UFO crashes. The United States Air Force, Army Air Force, the next day says in the newspaper, worldwide now, this went everywhere, we have a flying saucer. Then they realized they'd made a serious mistake when somebody way above them said, hey, no, we don't. And you will retract that. The next day, they reported we it was a weather balloon. And they've had yeah. three different stories exactly since then. Mm-hmm. All of them are in wrong, and all of them uh, prove the other stories that they said were false. Now let me let me tell you what I think happened at Roswell. And okay. it's, you'll never you'll never hear this again because this is my own view from an intelligence hat. Why don't the aliens land on the White House lawn? Well actually, uh, that wouldn't wouldn't work for a lot of reasons. Number one, it's kinda like the movie V. Everybody would actually believe that there there's something seriously wrong with this picture of their spine. Nobody'd ever ultimately believe them. So how do you get inside the United States military, the first nuclear base in the United States? How do you get in the inside and get the inside scoop without them knowing anything? Well, actually, it's a brilliant plan. Crash a UFO. Crash two or three of them if you like. It doesn't matter how many of the little aliens die because they're just – they're they're nothing but toasters anyway. They've got a million of them. It only matters that one of them lives and several of them – Two lived, and one of them later died. The 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 one that lived is still is still with us. By the way, he was at Wright oh, no Air Force Base. Now, <clears throat> here's the problem. This is called spying on the highest level. So you crash a UFO, we quote unquote captured it, right? And we mm-hmm. got the little guy. We fly him off, and, and so on. I don't have time to get in all the details, but I can I can actually pretty well substantiate this story the little guy goes to Wright Patterson Air Force Base in a special contained area and there sits down in front of him a really really important general and they feed try to feed him beans and uh, ice cream and all kinds of stupid stuff because they, they don't have <laughs> a clue I mean they don't have a clue at all what this thing is what he does nothing the little guy, any, any abductee or contactee, either one, can answer this question for anybody. All you have to do is ask an abductee. If an alien shows up and takes you on board a craft or wherever, do they upload or download your information mentally? Yes, they do. The top person in the military industrial complex is sitting in front of an alien. What do you think he's going to do? He's going to download every bit of the information out of that general's head. Why didn't the aliens ever the aliens can beam you out and beam themselves in anytime they want, right? Yep, why is the is aliens true. still at Wright Patterson Air Force Base? Because he's They're still insane. getting intelligence, that's why.
4: Wow. A brilliant that plan. is like is very brilliant. And you figured this out. I am so impressed. Oh my goodness. I never would have thought of that. But your background, I guess, gives you access to think like that. That is a truly brilliant plan, to spy on us that way. What do you think of that, PK? It
7: worked.
5: It's fascinating when you stop and think about it. The reverse aspect of what you think is going on is just the opposite.
4: This is quite a twist. Quite a twist in the story. Oh, my goodness. I was not expecting that, Daryl. I really wasn't. That is fascinating. And I think you're absolutely right. Because I've often said that, and I've heard people say, oh, how did they – you know, these people are so advanced, or these ETs are so advanced, how could they possibly crash a ship? But now you explain why. There's a motive behind doing that. There's a reason there for it. There certainly is. It makes sense. It makes there, a lot there, of sense. There
1: have been other crashes. The, the, the idea that the alien is perfect, flawless, and million years ahead of us simply isn't true. I'd like to re- report a, a, a simple statement. Uh, from one of the most knowledgeable people in the entire UFO, his name is Dr. Bob Wood. He's a brilliant man. We were when I was on the TV program "Uncovering Aliens." We were interviewing him at Sedona at an airport, and we were taking a break from the interview. And he looked at me and said, "Daryl, I'd like to speak with you for a moment, if I may, alone." And I said, "Certainly." And he said he asked several questions. Uh, about the CIA stuff and some things I could answer without violating any federal oaths or anything like that. And then the second thing he asked was, and everybody was walking back up because the break was over and they overheard his question to me. He said, how far do you think the alien is above us or past us? And I said, well, uh, doc, I would rather not answer that question because I'm afraid my colleagues would laugh me off the planet. And he said, I really want to know. I want to know what you think. I said, well, everybody has this idea that they are light years ahead of us, probably millions of years ahead of us, at least hundreds of thousands. And, of course, everybody's listening at this point. And mm-hmm. I mean everybody. Producers, directors, everybody. And my co- co-actors there on the reality show. And I said, the aliens no more than 15 to 50 years ahead of us. And they everybody there laughed so hard, belly laughs, so hard, <laughs> they couldn't you know, just laugh and just scorn. Everybody was oh, wow. laughing except for two people, me and Dr. Bob Wood. Oh, wow. Dr. Bob Wood is standing there with his mouth open. And he says, oh my God, those are the exact figures that I came to years ago. Really? And he said, how in the world did you determine that? I said, doc, you're the only person who's ever asked me this. I said, everybody assumes they know everything. The problem with with thinking you're the smartest person in the room is you may not be. Mm Mm-hmm. And... I said, people, they never ask, so I, didn't, I never volunteer any information because it doesn't matter to me whether they know or not. He said, why not? And I said, because what are you going to do about it anyway? If you're yeah. not, if look, most most of us are here to eat, drink, and be with Mary. <laughs> we're here to pay taxes, pay the roads, or what, whatever it is, whatever it is, our job is. That's it. I mean, we come Friday night. We're looking for. We're going to the bar or going to hang out or go to the movie, go eat eat dinner with somebody, that sort of thing. Our our life is not tied up with uh, what's going to happen to the human race here. Mine is. So I have to know. I need to know. And I said, and I, I, I said, the reason I found that out, I said, because when I was 12 years old, they did a nasal implant on me. And what they didn't understand is that not only can they get in our headspace and turn us off whenever they want to, they'll simply say you can't listen anymore, and then you can't. <clears throat> what they didn't know is that I can switch myself back on
3: uh
4: huh,
1: without them knowing it. So, so this you can listen me in some... to them. Thank you. That's called intelligentsia. That's putting your intelligence hat on instead of being a victim mm-hmm. and in great fear. Or being a contactee and being in great awe of them, instead of doing that, I put another hat on, and that hat gave me another ability. So that uh, I said, the point is what they did to me. Uh, I said, which I won't describe, but I said, I what uh, I knew what they were going to do even at age twelve, because they speak in entire concepts, visual concepts. And I knew exactly what it was they were going to do it. I started crying. At age 12, I thought, why would you hurt a little boy like me? I've never never done anything to anybody. And, uh, again, they're just doing their job. Somebody ordered it done, and they did it. And so my point is that I later, uh, as I got older and in college, I started looking up some of the information about what I thought they did to me And it was Mm -hmm. no more than 15 to 50 years ahead of us. No more.
4: That is very different. Yes, very different.
1: Which tells me that, again, they're not aliens from other worlds. Yeah. Some people say, well, some of these aliens are like 100,000 years old because they told me so. I said, you're a contactee. They'll tell you anything you need to hear. I said, he probably was made, hatched, or cloned an hour before he told you that. Right. God. In fact, he may even believe that. I assure you, it is not true. Wow.
4: But well, we have a question. Some we've got some callers, and I've been letting them sit there and hang because you're. It's so fascinating to <laughs> listen to you, Daryl. But I'm going to bring this this person on the air for a quick question, and we're going to go back to talking. I want to hear about the MIBs. So we're going to bring this person on the air. This is area code eight oh. Four. Hi, you're live on the air. Who's
7: this? Hi, this is uh, Hugh, a very fascinating show, and I would agree with what he's saying about the presidents. I've heard in my own research there's 27 levels of secrecy above the president. And I also would like to know what years he was in the CIA and if he was in Washington, because I did have a conversation with a gentleman who I also questioned Stanton Friedman about a uh, Harry Rositsky, who was a high-level CIA operative and was supposedly known as the Falcon, the head of the aviary, the group that was in the CIA actively involved with UFOs back in the day.
1: I was in the, uh, uh, <clears throat> first of all, it, the, the UFO community, I don't know why, but they've got this myth that I joined the CIA. That is not exactly the way it happened. I volunteered during the Vietnam War in the United States Army and was a military person. When I went to Fort Gordon, Georgia, I was uh, asked to go with about uh, 40 or 50 other people to a meeting hall. We went there, and uh, there were three guys there in civilian clothes. And I asked them all kinds of questions like, why are you out of uniform, sir? And they, I said, you're CID, Criminal Investigation Division. That's – in the military police, that's what – our, our, our detectives wear civilian clothes, and the rest of us wear uniforms. And they said, no, we're not CID. I got one of the letters wrong. <laughs> it was CIA. <laughs> they never would tell us anything. And, uh, and finally, uh, one, the, the head guy, a full colonel, interviewed me personally. He said, you're exactly what we want. And I said, who are you guys? And they never would tell me. And I said, I don't think I'll qualify for what you want, because I'm a martial artist and blah, 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 and all this, and I have these goals and so on, and <laughs> I went to Vietnam War on purpose. And he, he didn't like, he said, why? And I said, do you want your son to go to Vietnam War? And he said, no. And I said, my family are Native American, Indian, Irish, Celtic. Busting head and taking names is all we've ever done in our entire history. <laughs> if we're going to have a war... It'd be better to send me than to send some of these kids who are scared out of their whip. Because I'm not going there to die for my country. I'm going there to make you die for your country. That's what I'm mm-hmm. going to do. Anyway, so I finally accepted his offer and decided to. To, and he said, "Well, we have three gymnasiums where you're going to be, and blah blah blah." And he just made it sound like he said, "You can have color TV in your own room, if you like." And I said, what. And I said, "This, this is not the army." <laughs> And uh, long story short, I ended up in the Central Intelli- Intelligence Agency and uh, in the covert operations. I never was at Langley. I never went to Quantico, and all these people that say that, they always say, you know, you were in the, you, you know, what's on the floor at uh, Langley? You, know, said, you mean the, the great god of cl- clandestine, invest- uh, it, it, clandestine intelligence, uh, the, the eagle there and all that. I, I said, I've never been to Langley, never. I was on a secret CIA installation. For spies, my job there was to keep top secret security, to make sure everybody knew it was a military base, which wasn't, and to make sure, absolutely sure, uh, that uh, I could. I also was a martial arts instructor and a weapons instructor, and my time during that time was 1968 to 1970, when I was in the company, and uh, and the only other person that had ever validated this stuff in my view. Was my lawyer out of Beverly Hills said uh, he said uh, he said my father said uh, that Daryl Sims on Art Bell tonight he's real and I said well how does your father know that I'm real or not he said because he was in the company the same time you were he oh. knew you but you did not know him oh my I said that makes a lot of sense so wow mm.
4: amazing. Yes, well, thank you for your question. We really appreciate your call.
7: Yes, I'd love if you can share the information with him and to speak with him up there because I think I can provide some more insight into his investigative work and hopefully get him some better compensation That I heard that he would be (laughs) open to. (laughs) Okay. If if you get a chance, go
1: to to alienhunter.org and click on Alien Hunter, and it'll automatically email me. I'd love to speak with you privately.
7: Yes, I I don't do the email or texting. I stay in a very creative mode, but Patricia does know who I am, and uh, uh, she has my number, too. If she can give it to you. Uh, very so, good. Uh, And I, I just want to interject, too. I do have a, a friend who was a special ops Green Beret in the Vietnam War who was a CIA behind the enemy lines, and uh, he was uh, at, at age 13 national martial arts champion, so I can tell you more about him, too. Absolutely. That's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you for your patriotism. Well, that's what it's all about. It's all, when it comes down to it, we're all on a spiritual journey and that's where I want to get into the multi-dimensions with you, uh, Walter. And perhaps we can come back together on an upcoming show. And thank you so much for bringing me on Patricia and Patricia.
4: (laughs) Yes. Our pleasure. Nice to hear from you again. Take care. All right. And we have another caller, so let me bring this caller on, and then we're going to get back to the MIB question, Daryl. So this caller is area code 203. Hi, you're live on the air. What's your name?
6: Hi, it's Pat. Um, I'll try to be really quick. Hi, my head is completely shifted. I'm so thrilled. It's like you're opening up a new world to me, Daryl. And I can't wrap my head around a lot of it, so I've already Googled you, and I'm going to follow you and learn as much as I can. I have two questions, if you don't mind. Quickly, I lived in New Mexico for three years. The license plate is Land of Enchantment, and people joke they call it Land of Entrapment. You either love it or you hate it. I had a terrible time there. Um, And I'm wondering, why did all this happen in New Mexico? I, I met people, um, people that would never, ever, ever believe anything like this confided into me that their cattle were, you know, mutilated and on and on and on. Was yes. New Mexico, what's a particular reason for New Mexico? Because to me, it was the most bizarre state in the United States.
1: Yeah, I agree. I lived in Alamogordo for 13 years outside Holloman Air Force Base, Holloman Air Force Base. At White Sands, and I was a member of the Judo team there, at the Armed Forces uh, Judo team. Uh, so uh, the reason uh, Roswell was the Army Air Force base, of course, uh, before there was an Air Force, it was the Roswell Army Air Force. Okay. It was the first nuclear bomb wing in the world, okay. the whole world, located at Roswell. The, the problem wow. with the entity, in my opinion, they needed to know What we had in the term in terms of nukes and so on, and they got it from uh, by that secret little plan to to surreptitiously get inside by crashing a craft near Roswell.
6: Fascinating. Um, One another is this a personal question? And Patricia, I asked this years and years ago on your show. Um, My son um, had a horrible accident. He broke his back. I almost lost him. On and on and on. Um, but for three weeks before, and I had never seen this before in my life, I saw UFOs in the sky, lights moving. I would go and wake up my son as as a witness and drag him out, and we'd see them both and try and chase them. Why? And you know, one one psychic said, well, you know, they were sometimes they come around for celebrations. They were giving you warnings. Sometimes they come around for birthdays. This was benevolent as far as I could tell. Um, can you ex- give any insight into that? I didn't see them after that until maybe once years later in New Mexico.
1: Sure. The, uh, the, it, it, it is a, it is, it, in my view, it is a mistake for people. And, and it, like I said, generally the people fall in two categories in the UFO field. Abductees, which I call the killer bee's, and the honeybees, which are the contactees, a honeybee is a person who doesn't realize the funny little man in the white suit with the big black eyes is stealing their honey. Okay. And they pretty much will just let him steal the honey and do it forever. And in fact, he'll literally mine them like honeybees, and they won't be the wiser. They'll, they'll, they'll <laughs> he will get all their honey. Period. He get whatever he wants. The abductee, on the other hand, is a person who thinks, wait a minute, you abducted me. You abducted my kids. You did the, You did this stuff. This is wrong. There's something wrong with this picture. And they, they start asking all kinds of the right questions, and uh, the alien doesn't like that. They don't like that at all. So I, 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 I liken the ab- abductees to killer bees. A killer bee, in my opinion, is a person who – um, the best way to describe them is uh, a honeybee. If they sting you one time, does that make sense? If they yep. sting you one time, they'll die. Uh, a honey a, a killer bee, you know, on the other hand, can sting you multiple times, and uh, basically, you'll never steal their honey twice. You You may try it once, but you won't ever do it again. And uh, and when they when if you become a threat to the alien, even as an abductee, and there are very few people that are threats. But I have met several people, even children, who the alien perceived as a threat, and I assure you they'll come after them. They will, like they did me at age 17. My point is – but by and large, uh, not all events are negative necessarily in a a bad sense of the word. I mean do all people get mutilated or their cows disappear? No, 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 no. Uh, A number of these events are are benign, so to speak. They're of a contactee level, so to speak. They're not necessarily – uh, they may be deceiving people and doing this and so on. In my viewpoint, but the point is that it's not—it's not really harming people, so to speak. These yeah. people are come back from their events no worse for the wear. Uh, uh, I could—I could go on the positive aspect of this for a long time as well. But uh, I had a guy write a paper and he wrote a book and he said, "My book, the aliens heal people." And I said, uh, "You are misinformed, sir." He said, but they, but plenty of cases. I said, listen to me carefully. I know exactly what you're talking about. I know the cases you're involved in. What you don't know is the stuff you didn't put in your book. He said, what's that? I said, notice that you don't know. Those hmm. are the cases where they repaired the person, like me. And I went to the VA hospital and they confirmed two different occasions where my ribs were kicked in and uh, where I had a, a a surgery done on the inside of my nasal passage. I assure you, neither of those events happened in any normal sense of the word. I said, they didn't heal me. They repaired the damage because they couldn't get rid of me. That's the problem.
6: I'm, I'm <laughs> really, I'm really con- I'm confused. I don't understand why for three weeks, almost every night I saw them. Are you saying they had something to do with my son?
1: Accident? I, I don't know. Th- I don't know that they did, I, and I certainly, uh, I certainly hope not, because uh, it, many people are out of this phenomenon. As far as I'm concerned, God bless them. I, I don't. I don't wish it on anyone, uh, even the good aspect of it. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know what they were doing. If they're showing up okay. around your house or near you, they're picking up somebody. They're always picking somebody up or delivering them. Does that make sense? I call them the yeah. cosmic pizza delivery people. <laughs> They're picking us up or delivering us, and it may not be you or anybody related to you, but it's someone in that area. Okay, okay,
6: uh-huh.
4: so be cautious. Be cautious. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thanks for your call, Pat. We appreciate it.
6: Please have them back soon. This is incredible. Oh, we will. Thank, I you. Promise. Thank you all so much. Thank you.
4: Okay, all right, thanks, Pat. So, Daryl, we only have a few minutes left, and we are definitely going to drag you back on this show. Uh, Obviously, again, you've made a big hit with everybody, and we're all excited about hearing more. But the MIBs, what the heck are they?
1: There's two kinds of MIBs. One is the old-style government people who, back in the uh, late 40s and 50s, went around in these black sedans, and they would uh, say, we're from the government. Of course, back then – if somebody said they were from the government, you just did anything they said, uh, that's that's a, it, it's a bad point of view. And unfortunately, people did that. And uh, they did things like uh, gave them their physical evidence of UFOs and all kinds of stuff if they simply asked for it. Uh, right. Bad idea. Don't do it.
7: They Don't turned do everything resist. over. Right.
1: That's right. So uh, the other MIB are the aliens themselves. These are a, a classification of the alien. The best way to think about them to make this uh, again uh, simplistic for all of us, not simple but sim- simpler than, than their program, which is complex, is to think of the MIB, the alien MIB, as uh, someone who fixes problems. In other words, if 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 Daryl's not doing the right thing. Daryl's creating all kinds of problems, and he won't cooperate. They're going to send a MIB. His job is to fix the problem. That alien is not – they're not fixers. He is.
4: So, with it he's an there MAD, to stall, Daryl.
1: He's you out.
4: But, so, but they're aliens? So is that why they look so pasty and they have no hair? Yes. And, yes. Okay. So, yes. All right. So they're yes. an alien construct.
1: They'll the wear they wear dark are. glasses, black hat, long coat, the whole nine mm. yards. They do that on purpose. I've seen them. I've, I've had these reports in Slovakia and other countries, and even the Slovakians, when they told me about their MIB case, they looked at me and said, Mr. Sims, why did they dress in 1950s Car 54? Where are you? The fedora hat <laughs> and, the, yeah. and the and a long coat? It doesn't." I said, "Because they've got a." I said they have they have no absolutely no test for uh, taste for dress whatsoever. They're really out of out of time. so that oh, they just goodness. we laughed about that. but uh, they're really stuck there, and uh, that's what they do and but the I've located a government MIB program, one of them confronted one of my abductees and made a huge, huge mistake. He scared the abductee half to death by telling him basically all his history about UFOs and everything else. The government doesn't know anything. Want to bet? Somebody does. Mm. And the guy made a huge mistake and threatened him and said under the following laws of the United States government, you can't tell anybody any of this. Well, that's a joke. And he left his card, and I have it.
4: Oh, my, oh, my gosh. goodness.
1: And I know. Wow. I, know off- I know where the office is at. And I know who works who works there. I know I, it, it took me a long time. I, I tried to track these people down I, as a PI. I, it was way above my head. It was way above my uh, intelligence-level contacts. I went to uh, several people in, deep inside the government, and they had to go outside their office and go into the intelligence community and privately, word of mouth only, identified who these people are and every oh, president had to had to sign off on their organization every Ooh. president
7: my now God. you
1: say well then the president does know no not, ne- not necessarily the president signs a million documents every president does they don't even know what they're signing signing yeah. is, uh, 350 uh orders your uh, 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 mr president and they do they don't know who they are It's a government agency. We're just going to continue that agency. But they don't actually inquire, every one of them, and that's one of them. Obama signed off on it. Trump signed off on it. Clinton signed off. Everybody signs off on it. They don't
7: know who they are, but I do. You do.
4: You know where they live. (laughs) I sure do. Gerald, if if somebody has an experience and they want to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Go to alienhunter.org. And click on Alien Hunter. The little button says Alien Hunter, and it will email me immediately. And I answer all my emails. If for whatever reason I don't answer your email, it's because I didn't get it. Hit the button again. <laughs> and, when it, and then you'll find that I'll, if I got your email, I'm going to answer.
4: All right. That's
1: good well, to, that's, that's
4: good that's to know. know. Great to know. Yes. And let's see. What else are I going to ask you about uh, contact? Oh, your books. Could you please just give us the name of your books that are out, so people can also purchase them.
1: I have a book on uh, implants. They're they're on the website, uh, implants, and uh, I have another book on evidence: how to find evidence. You, I, I wrote a book so that you could actually go find your own evidence. You didn't need me. It already has the hats included in the book, so to speak. And <laughs> I have uh, I have a uh, a video that is uh, it's a DVD. And it is the best video on evidence you'll ever see. One of the things you'll see on the video is one of my abductees sent me, he got a ticket in Los Angeles for running a red light. They send you a photograph, of course, of you in the car and your license plate. They got you, in other words. Mm -hmm. Right. The only problem is, I said, he told me what was in the picture. I said, send me the original. If you send me a copy of it, I'll never talk to you again. (laughs)
7: <laughs> he said yes sir Uh-oh.
1: He sent me the original I have the original Guess what's in the back seat Oh you're kidding An alien An alien
4: Oh my god.
1: The god In the city of oh, Los my. Angeles Thank you Jesus for that
4: Yeah Thank you <laughs> just Right Oh my gosh. Well, Daryl, unfortunately, we have to say goodnight right now, but we're going to bring you back on the show very shortly because, as you can see in here, everybody's very excited to hear more from you. And, again, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. This has been great. Thank you so much.
1: That's my pleasure, ladies. Thank you so much for having
5: me. Oh, wonderful, Daryl.
4: All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another exciting show. We're going to talk about chakras. We're going to talk about healing with chakras. We're going to talk to a master of chakras. So be sure to join us, and we'll let you know when Daryl's coming back on the show. Until then, we'll see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone.
6: Good night.
1: Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with
2: Supernatural.